You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Very pleased now to be joined. I don't know why I started that way. Welcome one and welcome all to the greatest show of them all. I'm all sorts of confused. It is Tuesday, December 26, 2023. We hope you all had a very merry, blessed, safe Christmas uh, throughout the blog of the Boys Universe and beyond. It is Tuesday, 8.01 p.m. Central Standard Time on December 26, which means it is time for our weekly Blog of the Boys Roundtable, which you can watch live on the Blog of the Boys YouTube channel, the Blog of the Boys Twitch channel, or the Blog of the Boys Facebook page. You can also catch the rewatch on any one of these platforms if you so choose, or you can listen to this show on our podcast network, of course. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your pods, Apple devices, Spotify, etc., etc. My name is RJ Ochoa. Uh, you know the gentleman who we're about to have a conversation with for some time all throughout the blog and the boys you notice from it i should say tony catalina cannot join us he had to bail at the very last second but we are joined by the one and only the literally internationally famous from all the way across the pond it is mike poland who does some of our fantastic work at blog mike thank you for returning to the round table yeah thank you very much yeah well you know i've not got works christmas is off so what better way to spend my time off than with you guys and all the blog, blog of the boys family or watching back home. Uh, I mentioned to Mike uh, before the uh, the show started, it's a happy boxing day to you, Mike. I hope it was, uh, you know, everything that you wanted it to be and more. It was a great <laughs> one for Manchester United, obviously. A little bit touch and go there, um, you know what I mean, for for a bit. But Aston Villa, what a bunch of losers. Um, <laughs> D- Danny Phantom, I know you are a big Aston Villa fan. Um, that is your Premier League club of choice, as I understand it. Um, so are you sad that you lost to my team today? Uh, I don't know what you just said. <laughs> Do you not follow the Premier League, Danny? Premier, is that soccer? Oh my gosh, Danny, this is embarrassing for you. I'm really <laughs> sad. Uh, but um, we'll have to get you. A, who do you think would be Danny's Premier League team, Mike? Let's get let's assign him a team right now. Um, because he doesn't seem to care much about football, I'd say Arsenal. Wow, oh my god, so I was right. It was it was soccer then, right? It was. Um, and if you understood the context of the conversation, Mike just had like a sick burn. Like that was that was really, really well done uh, by Mike. You got, you got me, man. You got me. Uh, Danny Phantom is here with us this evening. Danny, did you get everything that you wanted for Christmas? Absolutely. It was nice. Uh, I wanted to say I wish a, a happy uh, belated Christmas to my mom. She's under the weather, but she's watching right now. So I'm hoping that this roundtable will lift her spirits but no it was great spending time with family and you know it's fun you know it's fun watching football i had a great time so absolutely uh well a merry christmas and a happy new year to your mom danny um you know we she's watching and so we could all give her a big old smile right now this one's for danny's mom uh so thank you so much for paying attention to us ma'am uh paul stewart who everybody knows from throughout the blog and the Blues universe as well is in the chat uh, but apparently did not have the time to join us on the roundtable. So thanks for that, Paul. Uh, you know, it just kind of is what it is sometimes. I mentioned that Tony could not make it. We were scheduled to have the four of us go on ahead tonight. Uh, Mike, Danny, you're both aware that the roundtable is a game, right? It, it's ultimately something where points are handed out to you. The title of winning a roundtable is coveted, is it not, Mike? 
Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, it's all to play for. Um, this is the time when um, me and Danny no longer are friends. And we become frenemies. Yeah. So, Danny, I thought about making this kind of um, like a Ryder Cup thing. You know what I mean? Like maybe you don't care about golf either, but like, you know, United States versus I don't even want to say like England, but maybe just like the United States. Mike would represent like all of Europe. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. We could have had kind of, you know, that kind of theme to tonight. Would you have been up to represent the red, white and blue? Danny? I uh, sure. Uh, yeah. Okay. I, I don't have any problem with that. Uh, I, I just want to know is what's the scoring system? Are you going to be going off the metric system tonight? Is there going to be some different type of numbers coming out? Uh, that was very funny. Uh, so kudos to you. Oh, Davey. I, I, uh, like I will give you some points for that, but you know, as the host, I didn't want it to be awkward. You know what I mean? I didn't want to just like literally choose one over the other. You know what I mean? One between the two of you, that would have been very difficult. Generally our roundtables have three contestants. I myself am a very democratic sort of, you know, organizer and, and hander outer of the points. Um, so we needed a third person and now we don't have a third person to join our show and, and provide commentary, but for the first time ever, Danny, Mike, you are here for history. Our third contestant is the chat, the chat that is with us live. Uh, all of our loyal audience who has taken the time to give us their Tuesday evening, you together as a team are the third member. If you happen to win this roundtable, it's a title you can take and share amongst yourselves, and you can throw it in Danny's face. You can throw it in Mike's face for not properly holding and standing their ground. Now, chat, you can, of course, hand out points to Danny and hand out points to Mike. Uh, you can hand out points to yourself, as Andrew Ortiz has taken advantage of already. Uh, Casey Hammond says, I feel so powerful. Yay, democracy. Watsamata says, ooh, we are in, guys. Delunatic says the chat undefeated, which is true as of now, Danny. But do you worry, Danny, that if the chat wins, they will be relentless having a 1,000% winning percentage? Oh, yeah. I mean, they're already relentless. Um, so this is – I don't even know how, how I feel about this. Uh, this is going to be a rough one. But at least we can say this roundtable encompasses everyone across the nation, across the globe. So, I mean, we got we got people everywhere now. So it's it's going to be interesting. Okay, that is very well said. Um, you do not get points for pandering. Remember, the chat is your enemy tonight. You're not fishing for points from them. You're fishing for points from me. In fact, I feel powerful. I'm the only person who's really administering points here this evening. Um, so without further ado, actually, we might have a uh, another roundtable. I've just been told in my earpiece. So we'll see how that goes. Um, Danny, as I actually work to make that happen, um, tell us anything you want. I Just <laughs> buy me one minute. I will tell you, so, I mean, people already know, I, I love to talk about this, but uh, just so you know that the loss to, to the Dolphins uh, didn't kill us because, uh, you know, we still need the Eagles to lose. So right, basically we're in the same spot we were before. We basically still need Philly to lose and we can still take care of business to win the East. So our spirit should be okay considering we lost and, and the Eagles won over the weekend. Mike, do you agree that while Sunday was frustrating, you know, all hope was really not lost for the Cowboys? Mm. Okay, I'm. I you, you know me. I'm the ultimate optimist, so I will. I will agree because uh, sticking with my optimistic theme, I will say uh, the Cowboys are never out of it, even though it may feel like it is. So I, I'm going to stay with the pure optimism and say, of course, the Cowboys will win the NFC East, and history is on our side because it, the NFC East never has a back to back. Um, Division winner since I don't know Blink One Eight Two had their first song come out. I don't know. <laughs> well said. Um, wow. Um, 
I like that a lot. Uh, Mike is out to an early lead. We'll get to the point tabulation in a bit. I mentioned somebody might be coming, and they did. Paul Stewart <laughs> has joined us. Paul, you've accepted the challenge. You look very festive. Merry Christmas to you, my friend. Uh, Paul, have you been listening to the entire thing or just a little bit before you jump behind the microphone? I just caught on to the, t the t tail in what Mike was just saying there. So I think I've got to be just what's just been happening. So you might need to refill me back in here. Okay, Paul, you know how this game works, right? You know, yep. there's contestants and points, et cetera, et cetera. Before you jumped on, I mentioned and I decreed that the third contestant here tonight outside of Mike and Danny was the chat, the collective group chat. So you coming in, we're very happy to have you. To be very clear, kind of ruined that because uh, <laughs> now, now we actually have a third person like on that. the screen. So Casey said, whoever the chat gets replaced with on the panel is going to feel the hatred of a fire of a thousand suns. Tread lightly, RJ. Ha ha. As you can tell, Paul, the chat was very excited, obviously, to be a contestant here tonight. So, Paul, you're here, number one, to provide us with beautiful commentary from that beautiful baritone voice of yours. But you were here as an arbitrary, independent consultant. You are going to hand out points to the chat. The chat is competing against Mike and Danny, but you were the arbiter of points for the chat. I don't want to favor the chat. So you were here to say, RJ, I have to give five points. I have to give 10 points. This comment was great. You are the ambassador of the chat, Paul. All right. Well, chat, get along with me here. So, but yes. Um, okay. So what are we starting off with here? Like in terms of the points here. So let me see. Uh, are we talking about optimism here? Like what's our chance for the Cowboys? Like, what are we talking here, RJ? Well, our score to start is 10 points for Mike, five for Danny, and three for Paul, which is the chat, really, effectively. Uh, Paul, Paul is more of a physical representation of you all, chat. Just look at it that way. Um, so that being said, Mike, let's get things started with you. You are ever the optimist. You love to tweet out reasons for optimism each and every single week. What do the Dallas Cowboys need to fix? You're optimistic, um, but what do they need to fix? All right, so everyone is – so one thing that the Cowboys need to fix, I feel, is something that is – and it, uh, this is kind of going against my pure optimism – is it's something that cannot be fixed this year. Uh, so that the whole home road split is, is something that keeps coming up and keeps coming as a problem. But when you look at it, the Cowboys are, I believe, the fifth youngest team in the NFL. I forget what the average age uh, of the team is. But if you look at that being such a young team, when you're on the road, that has a uh, ha is a problem because if you haven't got a strong leader, it does have strong leadership, but because it isn't as experienced as other teams, when you're on the road, that then becomes an issue. So that that's one thing I feel. But the, the big one I feel that needs to be fixed right away, that right now that needs to be fixed, is the run defense. Because at the moment, they are in the last three games averaging 154 rush yards per game. That's the, the fourth worst in the NFL right now. If they don't get that run defense fixed, especially once we get into the postseason, into the playoffs, that's a huge problem. And that it, I don't know how you fix it because what they're missing is LVE. They're missing a thumper that can come in and clog the hole. So that needs to be something that needs to be fixed as opposed to having these sort of hybrid lighter guys in the box, which we're seeing now is becoming a problem. And teams know just, just run on the Cowboys. That's a huge problem. Danny, let's address the road game issue first, because this is the issue that um, kind of, I think, looms the largest, given that the at present time most likely path to the playoffs or through the playoffs with the Cowboys is as the five seed, which would mean – at least one playoff game, obviously, barring an unforeseen series of miracles beyond that. Um, 
it's strange um, how this continues to be a thing. I, I normally think things like this are dumb to, to just simplify and dilute a point to, well, they're not great on the road, but the facts are the facts. And they just had a two week stretch to try to disprove that and they failed. Yeah, I agree with you, RJ, that I usually, I also think that those things are typically dumb, but I do have a theory. Uh, I don't know how much water it holds, but I feel like to me, the Cowboys as a team, they, they are really good when they can do what they want to do. When they have to change direction and do something else, they slip. And to me, I feel like it's not necessarily a home away thing as, as it is a grass turf sort of thing. If they have a good condition, they're playing at home, obviously, they got, right, they got good traction. They can move quickly, you know, and they can do what they want to do. They, they, they do fine. But, like, when it comes to the road games, if, if they got to deviate, they have all kinds of problems. And that happens on both – Offense and defense, it's, it's it's they don't seem to be do very good job adjusting to things and having to to counter things. So to that, I mean, it's I don't I mean don't think it's a meaningful thing, but I do think there might be some truth to it because you know it, I mean that is the playing surface is a real thing, and uh, the Cowboys just they just seem like they're they're really good when they can just able to do what they want, but when they have to start to modify things, it's it starts to be a little bit more challenging for them. Paul, do you put any level of stock into the road woes, or is it just coincidence at this point? In terms of the run game, I tend to somewhat agree and disagree. The reason I say that is the problems the outside run. When you look at the next-gen stats, our problems being the outside run. Like Take the, the Buffalo game as a prime example. When you look at a... Um, Cook, uh, he primarily his inside run was pretty much like between three and four yards, just go past the uh, line of scrimmage. But when it comes to the outside run, he was making much more greater strides going downfield. And with this game as well, uh, Mostart like going inside run, he was very limited. But when it came to going to the outside run, he was actually getting more success. So I think in terms of the interior, like. I think like so, Mazzy Smith is not getting enough credit as he deserves, even though he's been thrown into the wheels with Jonathan Hankins being out right now. I think he's actually doing a half-decent job right now because the teams are trying to avoid the interior right now, but whereas the outside with all the pressure with like, so D-Law like, just being too pass rush heavy, it's just leaving in that gap open, and that's what's just – and with the void of like, this is where I'd run out of green with Mike – like, but like, let's say your LVE or the depth of linebacker right now, that's where we're going to have this problem. So I guess we do, you know, feel like, Mike, I think you summed it up best, um, which is tough for the chat. Um, chat, you know, step it up. Paul is your ambassador, but he's not doing the work for you here. Uh, so that being said, I haven't seen any chat members give points to the chat. Uh, but Paul, I'm sorry, Mike, Casey says, I would actually prefer we establish our run game on the road. Our run defense needs improvement, sure, but I wonder what the discrepancy of our rushing offense at home versus on the road is. Um, and, and that kind of speaks to the Cowboys decided to take the ball against the Dolphins and, you know, almost went down and put them in a hole. But obviously the, the fumble happened and whatnot. But um, they're not a great running team in general. And that sets yeah. them up, obviously, to not be a great team defending the run. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like establishing the run. Um, I, you know, just as you were talking there, I've gone and chat. They're averaging four point one yards per carry, which isn't good, but it's not bad either. You know, it's average. Um, but they're still they they they're, they're attempting so that they they averaging twenty seven rush attempts per game. 
Um, but obviously, the, the, the issue being is that over the last three games, they've only averaged 108 yards per game, which is just not enough. And then what happens is you become one-dimensional. Um, and I know the Buffalo Bills game is going to slight, slightly squiff what's going on there. Um, so that that there is that side of it too. But I did go back and check something about Mike McCarthy. So as we were saying about the pure optimism thing, uh, that in 2010, right, when Mike McCarthy was head coach of the Green Bay Packers, uh, he was actually only won three games on the road that year. Got to the playoffs. Every single playoff game he played was on the road, and yet the Green Bay Packers won the Super Bowl that year. That's true. Um, they went to Philadelphia, of all places, and took out the Mike Vick Eagles that were very hot. Then they went to Atlanta. That was the beginning of the kind of discount double check. Um, yeah. I always thought their NFC Championship game was a little bit fraudulent, um, the win, just because Jay Cutler was knocked out of that game, and so mm. whatever. But, I mean, they played in the elements and won. I mean, that, that deserves praise. Um, Danny... I guess it can't just be that the Cowboys can't run the ball, which is a problem in and of itself, or, or that they can't defend the run. Like losing on the road or whatever they're going through right now is beyond just those things, which are issues as well. So beyond the obvious, what else do the Cowboys need to fix? You uh, had a series of tweets on Tuesday, uh, lost in days, I'm lost in days right now, uh, about Mike McCarthy being fairly critical, I think. Um, Mike McCarthy has some things he has to fix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I have a lot of things, a laundry list of things when it comes to uh, McCarthy. And I think that, oh, I guess, you know, if we're going to go that route, I, one of the things that bothered me um, in this game was just the way the Cowboys play calling seemed to be really good when things were working as as planned and then really bad when they weren't. And I, I feel like, to me, that the Cowboys play calling needs to be more dynamic I think they need to actually put defenders to a test in an either-or situation. I don't think they're doing that. I think they're running their plays. You know, when the, when the defense takes a pri takes away the primary, where's the secondary? I mean, there was no easy buttons for Dak. I mean, there's no escape routes for the blitzes. They came at them. There was nothing. I mean, they, they need more timing plays to mitigate the pressure, some shorter routes develop, development. So um, Dak's always not just running away, which is he's doing more and more. Um, the, the Cowboys have – Far too many improv plays. That's not part of their game plan. The fact that he's doing that so much, that just tells you all you need to know about the Cowboys' play calling and, and what they're trying to do. Um, I, the play fakes annoys me. I hate when he when he does the little shot, you know, Pollard's and shotgun little play play fake. It just I think it disrupts Dak's timing, and he don't have a lot of time to spare. So I think it's throwing off his rhythm, and he's already belling before the routes developed. I just to me, I think there's just far too many instances where it's bad. Now, I also want to say that first drive, McCarthy, I don't know if I've been more impressed with how he looked. And, and all the little, if you look at, um, you know, it's the Blink-182 reference, you know, all the small things that happen on that drive. If you look at the, like the CD running and the lip key catching passes and the fourth down call, all these little things that they did, fantastic. So he does things well, but it's when he's challenged and he has to, deviate a little bit that's when things just blow up and honestly it's frustrating because this team's too good Dak's too good we're squandering this because we're just things are just too difficult for this offense there's no reason we should be tops in the league you know at some points and then just like where did they go at other times that's frustrating to me Paul um I think that that's maybe representative of 
the road woes and things like that. It's the, the moment that they're forced to play out of their element, whether that's in a environmental sense, you know, with regards to where they're playing or how they want to play is taken away from them. They're not necessarily comfortable. And I think that that would be true for literally every team in the NFL, but they're not adapting well enough at this point in time. Buffalo wanted to play a more physical game. They were not equipped to do so. Miami, you know, was able to kind of mitigate the big plays and the explosion on offense. They were not able to overpower that and obviously left themselves in a vulnerable spot near the end. Do, who do you put – who do you lay blame at the most besides Mike McCarthy? I think it's fair to obviously give Mike McCarthy the, the lion's share because he's the head coach and play caller. But who's number two on that list in your mind? Overall, the whole general squad. Like, the reason I say that – We need a name, Paul. We need Paul, you're representing the chat here. We need, we need some accountability. No, no I'm, being, I'm being serious because when you really do think about it, the, the reason I say that is discipline. Like, discipline is uh, – Then Mike McCarthy then. Well, yeah, but when you really do break it down, it works like a chain reaction. If the defense are being undisciplined, it's going to have that negative effect on the offense. The offense is going to kick start, and it's going to kick back and back and forth, back and forth, and that seems to be what's been happening on the league. And 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 like uh, what Samata just mentioned, Chumo Orduga did not have a good game. He was like he was playing guard in that whole game. Like I. I was just completely just dumbfounded how he was missing blocks, especially on the edge, like as if he was playing in the guard position by blocking back in the inside and stuff like that. So I was just like, nope, this is just not good enough. This is comes to show how much we missed Tyron Smith in this game. But in terms of likes of the defense and stuff like that, we're seeing common mistakes still like from weeks past, like going back to the Philly game, going back to like, the first Philly game, I, I might add, going to but then going to the Buffalo game and to the, this Miami game is discipline. It just seems to be where, when things just don't seem to click, we seem to get undisciplined and it just unravels. So I think that's a big major issue. Uh, an update on the points. I have seen the chat finally start to kind of work with one another and play the game a little bit, handing out points. Uh, Mike, you've got 17 points, Danny 14. The chat is running away with this at this moment in time. So, Paul, you're, um, you know, you once again, uh, I liked somebody referring to you as the prime minister. I don't know the uh, the highest level of, of politics in, in Scotland. I don't. In it'll, be, it'll be first minister. Okay, so uh, you could be the first minister uh, of this. You know, uh, I need to brush up on, on geopolitics, apparently, at this point in time. Uh, but um, so, you know, first minister, uh, Paul Stewart over here, representing the chat fairly well. You guys are moving strong. But again, you got to keep playing the points, even though Casey did just give three to Danny after the Mike McCarthy criticism about adjusting to adversity. I don't think anybody um, believed that Chuma Doga was anything but awful on Sunday. Um, I want to get to answering the question that Paul didn't. No offense, Paul. Love you. Uh, and that is, you know, placing blame on somebody that isn't Mike McCarthy. Because we have to, right? Mm -hmm. We can't just okay. be like, you know, and Danny, I know you want to, you know, say that Mike sucks and nobody else does. Uh, but, um, but Danny, I, I would lay blame at the feet of Dak Prescott the most after there Mike McCarthy. And I had him as a stock down in my stock report. And I talked about that on our post game show and in the article I wrote at our site. And when I said and wrote those things, I got a lot of pushback from people that was really surprised and, and honestly kind of happy, you know, that, that like people are now at a point of, of defending Dak. But I, I got a lot of like, he was good enough. He was fine. And to his credit, he kept a lot of things alive that a lot of other quarterbacks wouldn't have been able to. But the middle of the game still counts. The beginning was awesome. The end was incredible. But, the, you know, the defense stood so tall and, and, and forced Miami to 
that kicked so many field goals and that the Cowboys were not able to pound, you know, or, or light up the scoreboard in that time is what left them vulnerable at the end, as I mentioned earlier. And so, yes, Mike McCarthy deserves the overwhelming blame as far as what happened in Miami and certainly what happened against Buffalo. But I do think that Dak Prescott is second on that list. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah, I don't know who you're asking, RJ, but I, 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 that's pretty brave, actually, for and surprising, you know, because you know I know there's a lot of love for Dak, but uh, I think that's fair because you know you mentioned the play calling and stuff, and it, it's a, it's, it's a joint thing. I mean, it's without really fully understanding things, it's tough to really say, but I totally see some uh, opportunities where I think some plays were there and Dak missed them. Like I said, I mentioned before. He does bell early. You know, of course, you know, you have this game with Chuma Noblaka. You know, you miss the pressure's coming at you. Yeah, you oh you know, you love it. You love it. Uh, I don't know if Mike and Paul caught that because <laughs> there was no you know, reaction. It doesn't matter. Um, you know, just like, you know, Chuma's blocking, it just doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, it just, to, to me, I feel like the pressure's coming and Dak knows it. So he's already thinking about getting out of there. And, but I do think there was, there were, there were some plays that he, you know, some, um, receivers open that he missed. And I, I still think you're asking a lot of him, but what in the overall scheme of things, it does, he does kind of go down the list as far as because McCarthy's responsible for so many different things. And a lot of the problems, in my opinion, are so connected to the elements of coaching. So that's why McCarthy is, is so loved in, in, in my house. But uh, I, but yeah, I just, I just want to say I agree with you. And, and I'm surprised he, he was on your stock down. Um, but uh, yeah, that's, I agree with that. Paul, okay. I'm sorry, Mike, I know you wanted to get in, but just yeah. to kind of reflect how people, some people feel, Kevin says, I'm really quick to blame Dak often, but I just don't see Sunday as his fault. He had like a one-on-one quarterback rating. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, so like the thing to me that, that, yeah, okay. You could put blame on what Dak did. Um, I've said that. That there's no way you you can sugarcoat the problems that were last week. But a lot of the problems that Dak had was down to the offensive line. I think that the pass blocking was a huge issue. Um, that it's the it's not just the sacks. Seventeen pressures and five sacks last week. Like how Dak is ever supposed to play in that, and it's coming at him at the at the right time as well. The, the Dolphins were bringing the pressure on, and like on third down, you see it. The sack comes in, it kills the drive, puts them out of range. There's that, and but it's also you know Paul already attested to it. it, it it's penalties from the offensive line as well that kills you because that brings you back as well. And I think something needs to happen because at the moment. Tyler Smith is getting the Connor Williams treatment. He's on 13 penalties for the year. So I don't know if there's something that he's doing that the refs are picking up on, that something that happened back in the Connor Williams day when he was leading the team in penalties. And I think there's just, there's something there that's happening. And that's why this is getting pulled up. Paul, um, I think it's lame to blame the, the calls or the lack of calls. And I know that, I know that the, the lack of holding calls against Micah is like, the song that everybody wants to sing right now. And I'm fully willing to acknowledge how weird of an aberration this is. Like, I'm, I'm not going to pretend that it's impossible that Micah has been held this entire time. But, I mean, again, this, I mean, if, if Micah get, draws one holding call, do the Cowboys win on Sunday? You know, like, are we really going to boil it down to that? I mean, it it feels a little strange. And the Tyler Smith thing, you know, whatever. My, and I, I think complaining about this is probably only exacerbating the issue. Like, I, I don't know that officials are like, oh, hell yeah, Micah, you want to hold? Like, can't wait to call your game now. You know, like, it's, I again, there's there's politicking involved in that too, right? And and there's playing the game and gamesmanship. But the, 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 the penalty thing is a very strange animal right now for the Cowboys. 
Yeah, I mean, let's, let's be honest. Like, well, so you've got 31 quarters of football where Michael Parsons has not been held. That's like, like um, that. that is the statistic right now, which is just kind of as the last time he's been held in a football game. But I think overall, the refereeing from not just for Cowboys, but throughout the whole league has been very su- subjective right now. Um, you're seeing like so Lane Johnson for the, for the Eagles jumping off side, not getting called for jump like false starts or anything like that. You're just like the horse collar call and uh, Josh Allen going in reverse. For, like, it's been really weird decisions from the refereeing perspective, but um, but yeah, to, to use that as the scapegoat, I think is like get on your big boy pants and just get on with it. I would say. Like that that that's my only explanation because the more you complain about it, because we saw Michael Parsons getting really animated and Demarcus Lawrence had to really calm him down on the field. And that's not a good sign to see. If anything, referees are gonna take more notice of that and actually might throw the penalty on yourself. So I, I, I don't agree with Parsons speaking out loudly about it, even though how frustrating it can be. But you can't use that as an excuse. You just need to get on and actually do the job at hand. That was a very popular answer for the chat, a.k.a. you, Paul. Um, the chat is really kind of mopping you guys up, Danny and Mike. So um, if you want to be the first dudes to ever lose to the chat, and I guess, Paul, Paul, you're just riding their coattails. Um, I mean, that's up to y'all. You know what I mean? Y'all can step this up if you really want, or you can continue to flounder. Uh, Danny, let's get your thoughts on the penalty thing before we close this subject. There's a question in the aforementioned chat that I want to get to, but uh, do you think it's fair? Now, Watsamata brought up a point that it is fair to say that, you know, opposing offensive linemen seem to, you know, know, right? Like, hey, I can probably get away with some holding against Micah Parsons. And, and that is a factor. That is the gamesmanship involved. But where do you fall on this whole debate? Yeah, I I am not going to defend the NFL officiating. And, you know, we, what we've seen happen to Parsons, you know, in recent weeks and all season. And, I mean, it's it's not pleasant. And he's I, I do think he's getting a raw deal. Uh, at the same time, I'm... Um, I'm with you with RJ. Like I don't. It's not how to. I, I don't care. I don't even want to hear about it anymore. I'm. T- I'm tired of people always talking about it. And I. And I. It bothers me that the Cowboys are kind of just getting roped into, to thinking this kind of woe is me type of mentality. And to where it's like if the refs could just do their jobs, everything would take care of itself, which is not the case at all. There are far more issues. Um, I also want to mention too. Um, you know, Mike made a good point about like I don't know what it is with Tyler Smith. I, I I will say this. I, I have, there's one thing I do know what it is, is that Dak keeps taking off to the left, you know, and then, and he takes off early and Tyler's still holding at that point. You like all offensive linemen do. Uh, but then when he pops out to the edge and you haven't released, you're, you're getting flagged. And I think that that's, there's creates more visibility. Those things are much easier to call. Uh, to me, I think the, the, the criticism of Tyler Smith is a little bit too much. I think he's doing a much better job than people are saying. And he is getting flagged, but, are you seeing these like really, you know, just blatant, you know, malicious holds? No, you're just seeing like barely type of type of hold. So I'm not bothered by that so much, but when you look at the penalties as a whole, the Cowboys are just doing far too many things wrong and, it, and it's coming from everywhere and there's a lot of responsibility, uh, but you really, you just need to have your players to know what their assignments are, where they should be lining up, you know, and all this pre-snap stuff is just garbage to me. It's just not what winning teams do. The Cowboys are just really bad at this. And then, of course, you get the face mask and the other stuff, the holdings and stuff. With that is when you're you're not good enough to 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 do your job. That's when that happens. And so, and you see in the defense at times 
they do get vulnerable to that. So there's a lot of real issues that go along with the penalties uh, that, you know, aside from all this phantom stuff that's going on. Uh, really quickly, um, Danny, I just want to note that uh, this was a, a bit of plagiarism on your part. Uh, Kevin said in the chat, Tyler is getting called on holds because of Dak scrambles. I gave the points to the chat, Danny. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, we got to, you know, it's a great point, but, you know, the chat made it first. You know, it's, this is a game. Yeah, good, good job, chat. You deserve it. I didn't see it. So I just straight up honesty didn't see it. Uh, not, oh, not purposely. I actually, yeah, I actually yeah. motioned, to, motioned to you when uh, Mike was saying, but so, but actually, excellent point. That's true. Uh, very well said. Paul, I know you had a point on this as well. Yeah, like we're coming to the likes of the penalties and stuff like what is the thing that Mike McCarthy has been trying to sell to this team? And it's in the star and Frisco as a motto is Carpe Omana, which is the seize everything. We don't seem to be doing that right now. We're not seizing every opportunity right now. Um, I suppose that that segues us into the question that I wanted to get to, Paul, from the chat, who you are um, the ambassador for. And it comes to us from A.L. Sailor. Mike, we'll start with you since you are the optimistic one, and I feel like you might have <laughs> you know the, the nicest goes. answer. Uh, <laughs> but um, so the comment reads, question for you. We are at the point where it might be healthy. I like the inclusion of healthy here, right? Like, you know, it's healthy yeah. for all of us. It's a, yeah. Everyone's getting ready for New Year's resolutions, kind of stuff like that. Anyway, healthy to say what you need to see to consider this a successful season. One playoff win, appearance in an NFC championship, win the NFC championship game. I think, Mike, a lot of people are going to say you got to win the Super Bowl. Um, but what are your thoughts? Yeah, if we go in, if we're sticking with a pure optimistic theme, we'd say Super Bowl. Um, like they win it all. Um, but if we're going to try and be realistic, to be, <laughs> hold on, no way, no for it to, be... no, let's stay realistic. Okay, I was going to go over the top then. <laughs> you can do this, Mike. You can do this. I know, this. I know. I, I was going back on myself. So, the, the, realistically, if you wanted to be a successful season to win the NFC Championship game, that would be a good start to actually make a Super Bowl appearance. What happens in the Super Bowl stays in the Super Bowl. But, yeah, to do that, that would be, for me, a successful season because then that means they progress. They progress from where they were last year, that they get to the division round, they lose to the 49ers. Now they get to the championship game, so it's progression. To win that would be the cherry on the top. Um, that, you know, that would be the way to do it for sure. And, and you know, I, I can't remember Mike McCarthy's playoff record, but I know it's, it, it's a bit 50-50. But he's, let, let's say he could go on. Do you know? He, he, no, I don't know, but he's oh, he's right. made it to two other title yeah. games um, yeah. outside. Uh, no, maybe just one. They made it. They lost to Dan Quinn's Falcons, which is fodder for Danny Phantom, I know, <laughs> uh, in 2016. <laughs> but I don't believe that they had made it to any other. Paul, you raised your hand. Yeah, uh, Mike McCarthy is 10 and 8 in the postseason. Okay. So, well, okay. But, but four well, of those wins came in in one singular postseason. When yeah, yeah. Um, so I mean whatever. But so then <laughs> uh, and and Danny and Paul, you'll have to answer this question as well, Mike. Since you constituted success as reaching the Super Bowl, not winning it necessarily, although obviously you would prefer that. Does that yeah. mean not? Does that mean not reaching it is a failure? If that's a, if that's a success, then does that mean not reaching the Super Bowl is a failure? Yeah. Okay. What you asking me? Yeah, this, yeah, was yeah, your, yeah. this was your yeah. barometer that okay. you laid out. Yeah, no, um, because then it, it shows a lack of progression on the, the roster to continuously always moving forward. So I want them to get to the championship game, want them to win that and get into the Super Bowl. So, so they, they win the title game and, and it's house money for you as far as you're concerned. It's tick the box, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay, at least so, so Mike's answer is that they have to reach the Super Bowl. Paul. 
if we can get two road away wins in the playoff run, then that to me is a success. But I'll be perfectly honest with you, if we can even reach the NFC Championship, that to me is more of a success. That's still better from last year. So, so just reaching the title game, whether there's one road game, one home game, you know, whatever. Like I know it's I, I know it sounds pure like like not being over optimistic, but it's still progression. End of the day, we're still evolving from the season before. So take it as you will. We're still we did much better than we did the year before. That's still progress. So that to me is still successful. So I'm just being more more log- uh, statistical on that point of view. So if they lose in the divisional round, is it a failure? Yes. Okay. Uh, obviously anywhere shy of that as well. Danny Phantom. So we've got Danny uh, from Mike. It's they got to reach the Super Bowl. A little bit of a lower bar for Paul, who's not the optimist, by the way, which was just reach the title. Game. They don't even have to win it. Um, I imagine your bar is rather high, though. Uh, so the, here's the thing. I do not – I don't care for these questions because I don't have a, a, a hard definition of, of – my answer could be none of the above or all of the, all of the above – to me, it's going to be different. I will say this. If the, I, the Cowboys are on a crash course with San Francisco in, in the divisional round, they're probably going to lose that game. If the Cowboys play hard and give put them in a situation where they have a chance to win that game and don't get past the divisional round, I'm going to be pleased with them. I will say that. Um, at the same time, if they play sloppy, somehow get past them, and then go and lay an egg in the NFC Championship game against, say, Philly, I will be disappointed with them. So there are different – uh, ways to look at this that's not just based solely on results. I, I think these things are just unfair. Uh, they could The Cowboys could do a lot of things, right? If McCarthy gets his group together and they play well, and then the ball doesn't bounce right in, in one of the games, I'm not going to be mad about about those things. I mean, it's hard to win in, in, you know, in the playoffs and, and go on the road especially and do that. Um, I will say this, though. Um, in general, I'm looking – They I, I want to see them so badly – move past the divisional round. I want I want them to still win the East. I want them to avoid San Francisco. I want them to, to get that divisional round so we can have a game against San Francisco. It may, might not be pretty, but so we can just have something that tells us, hey, look, it's progress. And I want to see progress. And so that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, it's it's hard to say exactly what, you know, what's going to make me happy or not, but I tried to explain it the best I could. I think that that's well said. And I've been asked the question a lot, certainly in the off season and, you know, the spring and the summer and training camp, like, Oh, if the Cowboys don't reach the NFC championship game, do you fire Mike McCarthy? And my answer is always something to your effect, Danny, like, well, how did they miss it? You know, if, if like hypothetically speaking, do they miss it because they get trounced? Like, or do they miss it? Because, you know, I mean, this would never happen because Brandon Aubrey has become like the greatest kicker of all time, but like there's a clang off of the upright. It's a windy day. You know what I mean? Like a weird call breaks against them. Like the context of, of the path completely and totally matters. And to your point, cool. Say they say, say all three wildcard teams win in the first round and they host, you know, a playoff game, you know, in, in the divisional round and they beat a crummy Seahawks team in the divisional round. Do we give them their flowers for that? You know, it's not going to San Francisco and slaying the Giants. So I agree with Danny the most. Uh, which was a, a very solid answer. Uh, Paul, you mentioned that McCarthy's 10-8 and eight with the Packers and 1-2 and two with the Cowboys specifically. So um, he's, he's been bounced from the playoffs 10 times. It's kind of crazy when you think about it that, you know, that way. Uh, Kevin, Paul, says, if they don't get to a Super Bowl, I bet money Dan will be saying it's Mike McCarthy's fault they didn't. But it might be. Like, it might, it, it, like that's, that's a fair thing to say, Paul. Yeah, he's, he's going to win money because, it, it, yeah, I absolutely will say it because there is a large percentage of reasons that I believe are – 
that are Mark McCarthy's fault. So, you know, I'm, I'm not even going to try to hide that. Paul? I think you're on mute, Paul. So that's good. That's good. Yeah, that's okay. The chat, chat, your uh, your first minister is letting you down just a little bit Oops. in this, this one moment. That's okay. Uh, okay, Mike, let's go to Watsamata, who dropped a super chat. Thank you very much, Watsamata. We love you very much. Hope your Christmas went very, very, very well. Says uh, Brian Rail, uh, one of our frequent okay. commenters, um, yep. isn't here. Says, got to represent. Nice to see Hunter Lefty more involved, but the goal line handoffs, I think, require some yes. trust. Bad on the coach mm -hmm. for that call, in my honest opinion. Do you agree, Mike? I, I do. So there is a, already a problem growing that Tony Pollard on rush attempts from the opposing five-yard line, uh, he has 11 rush attempts. In those 11 rush attempts, Tony Pollard's only scored twice. One of them was from the one-yard line. So it is a problem. Hunter Lipke is a guy that I feel needs to be utilized a lot more on those types of plays. Even if it's, say, not necessarily for their touchdown, if it's three and one, why not give him the ball? And Because he's a big enough guy, he's a chunky enough dark guy on gap power to be able to push through uh, on those type of plays. It's just his momentum alone will get you a yard. I don't know why they continue to try and keep feeding Pollard on those plays. There must be a reason that they're, they're doing it. Um, I mean, yeah, he's playing on the franchise tag. So, you know, are they trying to get uh, squeeze as much out of him as he can in this year? But to me, Pollard, especially when you think of how he played in college as that, that hybrid type running back, as a running back and a wide receiver, that's where he's best utilized on the off tackle runs or as an extra receiver not down in the red zone. So I think putting Lipke in there on those type of runs is really beneficial. And I think that you would see those results come through if you start doing it more. Paul, Kevin notes in the chat in response to this, after Paul got arm tackled at the half yard line again, who are you going, how are you going to trust Paul? We have all been saying use Lipke as a goal line back. Uh, well, they did. It was a good call. Um, I know the question was about Hunter Lipke. And again, thank you, Watsamata. But Paul, I've tried to defend or I've tried to not criticize Tony Pollard as much as the internet seems to. It's getting a little bit hard. Uh, like that was a really poor moment for Tony Pollard. Also something like I, I've never really seen that before where like literally his entire body, except for the part carrying the football managed to get into the end zone. And when you freeze frame it and look at it, it's again, it does Pollard no favors, but it is kind of, you know, scary Paul that they can't trust their top running back in goal line situations like that. Yeah, there's, there's so many things that was so wrong with that. He could have dipped the shoulder a little bit more to gain more leverage to force the defensive back or the linebacker or whoever it was that was tackling him back at a two or three yards and that you'd be in the end zone or actually run out to the sideline and actually run yeah, You're supposed to be fast. Way. You're supposed to be Tony Pollard. Why, yeah, aren't you, exactly. why aren't you breaking outside? Exactly. Yeah. There was there's so many things that was wrong with that. Like if you were to use like so even Vico Dowdo, why are we like why are we not utilizing him more? Like even use like like you just mentioned Hunter Lupke, like Lupke as the fullback, like use him as your block for inside run more as well. Like I know I'm jumping from different plays to situations and that, but like we've got these players for a reason. Why aren't we utilizing and why are we trying to force Parler to be someone that is not? Like, that's my problem right now with Tony Pollard. Like Mike mentioned, he's more that elusive running back for slash kind of receiver for your screen passes, etc. Why aren't we utilize him for that type of style and stick to Dowdo for the short yard gains and like likes to look here for the fullback, like be that extra blocker 
for the inside run or the handoff for those short yard gains. That's my problem with that, with the run game right now. Danny Pollard went whatever it was like 4,000 games in a row without scoring a touchdown. And I know we were all kind of like, Oh, this is so weird. And I think after Miami, we're like, Oh, well kind of get it. <laughs> like if, if you're, if you're purposefully avoiding, you know, the wide open spaces, shout out of course to the Dixie chicks, um, you know, you're making life harder on yourself. Yeah. You know what? I'll tell you what I, I'm, this is, I'm tired of listening to this and I challenge the chat. You know, you, you can just come at me and tell me why why I'm wrong because Ooh. listen here, you, all this, you don't all this, like the Dixie chicks. That's what this is. About. I love the Dixie chicks. <laughs> I got the Dixie chicks autograph or my wife did. I love the Dixie chicks, uh, but uh, I, uh, this Pollard hate is, is it just annoying to me? I mean, I don't care about the, him getting stopped there. You know, he made it, he made a choice. He didn't think he can get outside. So he cut inside. Guess what? His balance was compromised and he got pulled over and he's got stopped. I don't even care. So they're down at the one inch line. You know what? The Cowboys, they handed off to Lipke and he fumbles, you know, it happens, you know. I don't. You can't be critical of anybody in that situation. The Cowboys did not execute. Would we like to see something different? Like I agree with with Paul saying I want. I would like to see Lipke fullback, Rico, a running back, and then pile through there. And I think that's your best bet to to try to fight through an arm tackle. You know, to get a little space. I also wouldn't mind seeing Dak sneak it there. They were so close. They have been so close a lot. You know, and actually, you know, I wrote I wrote about that. And um, you can you can check it out. It's coming out about the Cowboys just failures when they get deep in the red zone uh i don't know what's going on there's there's so many different things that are not happening but am i gonna blame tony pollard no he's a he's a physical runner but he's not he's not zeke you know and i i and lipke too i mean there was nobody else behind him what's he even doing why don't you just like move him back a little bit give him a little bit more time you know let him build up his steam and then run through that who are they tricking by getting him to him quickly i don't i don't understand that but we're i think that's all nitpicking and I don't think people can really be too upset about it. It's just people are upset because we could have really used that touchdown. So let's blame Tony Pollard or let's play blame Lipke or let's bring Mike McCarthy for the play call. I think all of that is just nonsense because it's just unfair. I think that people are upset about it in hindsight. They say, well, they lost by two. If they score there, they win. You know, that's, that's the way that people are kind of evaluating it to your point, Danny. I disagree with you a little bit, but that's, that's where the, the common person is coming from. I think. Um, okay. Let's go around the horn one last time. Um, I am your, your magic genie. All right. And you can have your one wish granted something that you want to see the Cowboys. We titled this fix, but you could go change. You could go Institute. You could go apply, um, just something you want the Dallas Cowboys to do that they are not currently doing at least well. Uh, Paul, you were the first, or you were the last person here, which means you get the honors. And once again, remember you are not speaking on behalf of the chat, but you are a physical, you know, manifestation of the chat and their spirit here this evening. Okay, so I don't know if anyone has ever noticed, but when CD Lamb is not actually in the game, our production and <laughs> is not as good. So I want to see our players when CD Lamb's not on the field to actually because I think oh, our... this is an interesting twist. Okay, I'm, I thought you were going to say I want to see more CD Lamb. That's what I thought you were going to say. No, I want to see our players to actually step the hell up. Without CD Lamb, that's what I want to say. You know what? When I recognized the curveball you were throwing, I thought that this was too risky. I thought, man, Paul, just stick to the safe, you know, safe route here. Uh, stick to going with, you know, getting CD more involved. That was my kind of take, but I like that. So you're saying Brandon Cooks be better. And how about, hey, Paul, involve Jake Ferguson in the first half of the game? Like, what are you doing? Wait until you know past halftime, you know, to get this cat involved. So, man, chat, Paul stepped up that was well done um 
Danny, you can go next, although I don't really see the point. I don't see the point either. I mean, especially since he he mostly stole my answer. That was, I think that was a fantastic answer. I mean, he, he did kind of take us on a little bit of a you know a little trip there, and this just completely did a 180, and I, I like that. Uh, I like to be surprised. But I do think that there's a lot to be said about the Cowboys. They, they need, to me, my wish, my Christmas wish or whatever wish I get, I want to see them run more motion and, and actually execute it and not be – confused and 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 having all these pre-snap but like, i want them to be very uh, efficient in in running motion and getting brandon cooks running across the middle you know you talked about non-cd players you know i mean we all want cd to have the ball look what he's doing he's almost at 1500 he's he's gonna break Irvin's record you know he cd is fantastic and absolutely we want a heavy dose of cd we never not want that but there's got to be more there's got to be some more of the smaller stuff you know ferguson and just some of these smaller things that they do so well at times, but they seem to get away with that. And sometimes I feel like it's like, you know, you got it's got to be all CD or nothing, or they're trying to do something else. And I feel like there's just got to be a little bit more um, versatility with their offensive play calling. Sorry, Mike McCarthy um, to where, because so, on this, on the chance that say Tyron isn't available, which is a reasonably good chance. You need to have some easy, easy plays because you can't just have deck taking five-step drops and drops and just expecting him to have all the time in the world to make these plays. There has to be easy plays. I mean, that's what coordinators do for their quarterbacks. I mean, look, I mean, Tua gets out, gets the ball away before it's even snapped. He's quick, but you have to make plays easy for your quarterback. And they're not doing that for Dak. A deck, give Dak a little bit of help. Mike, this these were both exceptional answers. So the the yeah. bar has been set very, very, very high for you. But it is Boxing Day, um, so I imagine that you're going to bring the proper energy to close this out. All right, you want energy? I'll give you energy. Right? Okay. Well, you, actually, so, so everyone knows Mike told us at like 1 p.m. Central that he was going to drink 12 Red Bulls ahead of this. Um, that's right. So let's let's see them live and live in color. Yeah, so yeah, no, that's standard in the UK. That's standard Monday night slash Thursday night football procedure is you start the Red Bull and the coffees like early afternoon, late evening time, so you can get prepared and ready. Because you, you want to come up at the right time, but you don't want to be drinking coffee during the game because then that means you're just not going to sleep. So mm. you need to it's, it's all it's all a practice, it's a level. It's a so dance, come, it's delicate, it is, respect. It's like okay. it's like it's like the zone barking scheme, it's just gonna be just so. So um, yeah, my bit that I want to see being fixed uh for myself is something that I mentioned at the start of, uh, of the show is the run defense. If we can get that fixed. That's how you help Dak out. You help Dak and the offense by having teams not being able to run on you as much. So by doing that, you help Dak, you help the offense. And in uh, and then from there, the game becomes a little bit easier. If you want to go one step further, you say the, 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 the run blocking from the offensive line. But I'm going to say the run defense, especially when in the last three games, they're allowing over 150 yards of rushing per game. Mike, I want to interject you for that one. Sorry, RJ, but I would say fix the outside run more than anything. Whichever way you want to put it, yeah. I mean, like, it just needs to be, it, it needs to stop. It, it's too, there's too much leakage going on, whichever way. I agreed with your comment as well, Paul, that you said about Mazzy Smith. I know he's been getting a lot of flack. I feel that it's unwarranted. You know, he got his first sack, his first NFL career sack, two pressures, defensive stop and two tackles. Which for a, a, a guy of his position, you kind of say, yeah, that's enough. But I do feel they need to stop the run. That's how you help Dak in the defense. More. I want to say uh, defense, offense. Go on, you know, I, I wanted to just comment on what Mike's saying because you know, I, obviously, that's a that's a crucial point to this Cowboys uh, yeah. success. But 
I will say that I, I, we're not talking about how any of us is, are that were impressed with how well they did. I mean, were you expecting the Cowboys to contain Raheem Mostert and and A Chain? I mean, I thought they did a fantastic job. And honestly, as a whole, I mean, the defense they still were getting, you know, the Dolphins enough yards to where they get in Sanders' field goal range, unfortunately. But yeah. as a whole, they were they were doing a good job at times. So I think that they deserve props because they came out there after just getting ran all over in Buffalo and they came out and they said, Hey, you know what? We can defend the run. You know, there are times where we struggle, but it's the word not as bad as people are making it out to be. And I do think that there are some good things to Quinn's um, the way he goes about it and, and the players himself, much more better intensity, much better tackling. So when you have those things, the Cowboys are a better team. So I want to say that the run defense super important, but I don't think it's anything that's going to like, be the demise of the Cowboys. So that that's I just want to say that. I think they're 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 okay. They're not they're not terrible. Yeah. No, I mean I just think that it's just something that that that's the thing that will take them to the next level is by stopping run. And you know you 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 were saying Danny about trying to help Dak. I just think that the way you help Dak is to restrict the opposition from being able to play possession football and run up the clock on you. These were all excellent answers and all pertain to who the Dallas Cowboys are and more importantly, who we want the Dallas Cowboys to be, certainly as the regular season comes to a close and the playoffs begin. Um, now, here's the thing. It is a roundtable, which means there's always some sort of fun twist. This was not mine, so I cannot take credit for it. But these are the points as they stand. Mike, you have 67 points. Danny, you have 69 points. Nice. Paul, you are really just kind of representing the chat. You as a group have 80 points. The chat. You would have won had things ended here. But I liked this comment from Skyler. It is obviously not Christmas anymore, but it's the day after. It says, Arjo Ochoa, I think Secret Santa bonus points could be fun tonight. Let the contestants pick one gift each, label them one, two, and three, which have plus or minus points for your choosing. Merry Christmas. I have taken three notes. They each have one, two, and three, and on the back, there are point values. Now, I appreciate Skylar offering the opportunity for negative points. It's Christmas. There's only going to be positive. So there are different amounts of positive points here. Now, we're going to go in the order of the current standings, which means, Paul, you get the first pick. And remember, you're picking not just for yourself, really not at all for yourself. This is for the chat. So number one, two, or three, I'll reveal after. Which one do you want to choose? So I'm going to choose based on what Mr. Brandon Aubrey has been doing by hitting all these free pointers all season. So I am going for number three. Okay, so you're going with number three. That belongs to Paul. Danny, you have the second choice. So you're not just choosing yours, but you're choosing which one to hand out to Mike. What is it going to be? Okay, first off, I want to say, Skyler, join this join this show by giving me negative points without even seeing anything. So props <laughs> to Skyler for that. Uh, uh, but I do say this is a good game. And even though I'm not sure how it works and what I'm actually doing here. Okay, so, um, so just to be clear, uh, so if, if I you know, explained it poorly, there are three pieces of paper labeled one, two, and three. On the back is a point value. So you're picking one at pure randomness, and you're going to get that amount of points assigned to you. You know, again, there's varying amounts of points on the back, but I've already written them down, so no funny business can be accused of you. So you're picking between one and two. Paul took number three. Oh man! So you picked the points on the back of them? I did. I made them up. That They're was my discretion. Value. So I'm, like, me to do. I'm trying to get a read on RJ. Where would he put the most points at? <sighs> Let me ask you this, RJ: Is the most points still up for grabs? I can't answer anything. Oh okay. Uh. RJ, what would RJ do? You know what? 
I'm going number one because I think that's the most points. I think that's what you would do. Okay. Don't be changing stuff. Watching your hands. Don't no, I wrote them down. I, <laughs> I wrote them down for for this specific reason because I didn't want to be accused of anything. So, Mike, that means you get number two, process of elimination. So, okay, we've got the, the, only, e the only even number. So that means it's lucky. That's true. Okay, so we'll reveal in um, in reverse order. So, Mike, you'll get to go first here. So, number two, Mike, you have 67 points. This was actually the highest value. So, Danny, you gave it to Mike. 99 points. I don't know if y'all can see that right there. So, it's the even number factor, RJ. So, that takes Mike to 166 total points, 99 plus the 67 that he had. Danny Phantom, you chose number one. Now, I had actually had originally written 47 points, but I was like, that's not really fair. So, I, I crossed that out and I went with 90, as you can see. That's why I circled it so everybody knew that was the final answer. You ever take any kind of math test, you have to circle and box it. So, uh, Paul, you look very upset. Are you okay? No. <laughs> I, I don't know yet. I don't know happy. yet. Doesn't so, look happy. Paul, this is where we're at. Mike has 166 points. Danny has 159. You have 80. Do you feel responsible, Paul, for potentially wrecking this for everyone? So I need 67 points. No, wait. 87 points to win. 87 points to win. That's what you think you need. Please be 87. <laughs> it was one point difference. Um. Paul, I am really sorry that everyone's going to be really mad at you. I wrote this for T.O. It was 81 points. Number, oh! three. <laughs> <laughs> Number three. Uh, so oh. not quite, uh, you know, not quite what you needed. Um, so <sighs> that means by pure randomness, Kevin says, we were screwed by the refs. Now I know how Micah feels. Watsamata <laughs> is upset with you, Paul. This was Skyler's fault, to be very clear. But as you can all see, the final score, Mike at 166, who had no choice, by the way, when it came to the points. Danny set it up. Our roundtable winner, Mike Poland from across the pond on Boxing Day. Congratulations, Mike. Who do you want to thank? thank? You. How are you feeling, brother? Uh, yeah, I'd like to obviously first of all thank Skyler. Um, I feel a little bit, <laughs> I feel a little bit like Brock Purdy. I didn't have to do much. I just needed everything to fall into place for me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and I'd also uh, like to find uh, thank uh, all my fellow compadres for trying to beat me uh, at the luck game. But as we always say, it, it's uh, I, I've gone throughout my entire life, RJ. Uh, always ensuring that the volume level on my radio or the TV is always on an even number because it's lucky. And today it has proven that scientifically that is a real thing. That's so true, Mike. That really is true. Um, no individual thanks for Danny. Interesting, given that it was, it was you know, him. I, I did. I, I was thanking, thanking the following. But you thank the contestant. That was a wide blanket. You know what I mean? You would have okay. thought that, that Danny would have yeah. gotten an individual shout out. Danny, do he you can, feel. He can have, a, he can have a, an individual thank too. Do you feel responsible, Danny? Do you feel it was right there for you? I feel totally responsible. and uh, but, but like all these roundtables, I feel like this was scored, you know, the probably the most realistic way as, as as we've ever had because you know i i mean oh, come on i mean I, I i as someone said in the comments i could not choose the correct wine in front of me great comment comment by the way uh princess bride shout out but uh no i mean i don't know what to say i mean i i, I said everything i could I, I i can't pick between two numbers obviously uh paul i'm really sorry because i didn't want you to feel like you let a, a like an entire group of people down um 
but you know the facts are the facts uh so do you blame brandon aubrey that was your inspiration well, he has been undefeated in field goals. That's the main reason I went behind it. But uh, I just want to apologize to the chat. And I'm just more upset that the fact that Mike won, I'm being honest. Oh, uh, wow. this, <laughs> this feels worse than an Eagles win, to be honest. Um, wow. Oh, some heavy words. Um, well, chat... oh, no, we, we, we've got that relationship, me and Mike. So, <laughs> Chad, if it's any consolation, you did technically earn the win. You know, if we go by earned points... It just Mike, you know, Mike's got the winning lotto numbers right now. Apparently, is is kind of how you know we should kind of surmise this whole situation. Um, as we close, um, let's go with one thing that you ate for Christmas that you enjoyed very much. Uh, Mike, you are a champion. So, what was your thing? Uh, okay, so maybe not the best thing I ate, but the best thing I interesting drank. to completely avoid the prompt and do your uh, own no, thing. No, 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 it's <laughs> okay. No, uh, okay. Uh, so I, I'll, I'll come back to the thing. I did have some apple, roasted apple moonshine that somebody made me. That was delicious. Um, okay. Don't remember drinking it towards the end of the night though, but okay. The best thing I ate would have to be because I'm, uh, my wife is watching. So I'm going to say, because she cooked it, the Christmas turkey, it was very delicious. Well, congratulations to Mrs. Poland. Number one on, you know, you, Mike. Uh, number two, yeah, you know, you took the title home tonight. Uh, so, you know, it's going up on the mantle, obviously, uh, right <laughs> next to the photos of the kids and everything. So, oh, yeah, um, those photos are coming down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, we've got uh, we've got Christmas turkey. Uh, Mike, I'm sorry, Danny, who, what are you going with? First off, I want to say thanks to both Mike and Paul for joining us because we've, you know, it's good to have some fresh faces on the round table and I haven't seen those guys in a while, especially Paul who jumped in to fill off that fourth square. You know, he's clutching that way. So thanks to those guys. Uh, I would say probably the favorite thing I had, my mom made this delicious fruit salad. I thought it was delicious. Jello, you know, cottage cheese and bananas and pineapple. Loved it. Fantastic. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with that. That's a phenomenal answer. I'm sure it was delicious. What color was the jello? It was green. So but not not eagles green. Right. Very important distinction. Um, you know, good for you, Danny, keeping that very far away from you. Unlike Paul, had the eagles at the top of Christmas mind. green. It's Christmas uh, green. Paul, what did you eat over Christmas that you enjoyed greatly? I had me whiskey aged cheese uh, with oat crackers uh, as part of uh, after dinner snacks uh so a little bit of butter on the oat cakes with some whiskey which was used by lafroig 10 year old whiskey that was the i mean just the best sounding answer i'm sorry you know mike and danny <laughs> paul said of the most complicated I, most interesting. I, had <laughs> I, I said a drink yeah uh wow um you know paul if you had brought that level of gumption earlier maybe the chat would have gone home with a win you know so i'll try better next time <laughs> that's okay uh david notes that that is a very scottish answer first minister paul would not have it any other way um paul as we leave um say a movie that we should all go and watch die hard best christmas movie of all time to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, 
But you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.